0: Hey, Fab here. I hope you're doing well today. Just a quick note about uh, today's episode. Although I or we are posting this on August 21st, first, first, 2020, uh, it was actually recorded way before uh, COVID hit and the whole pandemic uh, happened. Uh, we just took a while to publish it because we felt there were other things to communicate beforehand. That said, this is a really interesting uh, episode about the customer journey, and I really, really hope you enjoy it. Thanks for listening.
1: Hey Paul. Hey Fab. How are you? Good, you? Good. So uh, I have a bit of a cold. Okay, I forgive you. Okay. Thank you. You have to stop eating your kids' food. (laughs) Seriously though. Yeah. So today, Fab, I have I have it's it's more a marketing thing, and it's for me. I'm I'm you know I know about marketing a little bit, but I'm certainly not um, an expert in marketing as you are. And I had I had today. I had not today. Yesterday, I had a conversation. Something was really interesting. We're talking about the buyer's journey mm-hmm. and getting it there. Obviously, in sales, you know, you're trying to control the whole buyer's journey, right? From point A, you know, as outbound sales, you know, you're trying to control the whole thing. Like you're going to know this and that. But there's a reality today that is facing all of us, and I'm aware of it too as a buyer, and I'm aware of it too as a business person. Is that a lot? And I had it happen to me last week. Is that Someone called us because of our podcast. Called me and said, "I want to do this." Well, so part of that buyer's journey happened there. They listened to the podcast. Mm-hmm. They know what I'm all about, and, and they're already halfway into my sales process. So I was a little thrown off at first, but then I, I said to myself, "This is an interesting, this is an interesting uh, context, interesting discussion that needs to be done, that needs to be talked about." Um, and and the actual buyer's journey. The concept of going, uh, of understanding it marketing wise, sales wise, you're very much in control. If I go yeah. out there and I take take it by the hands mm-hmm. and I say, okay, I'm going to call you and do this, it's all me getting out there. So how how well two questions? How does in your mind, how does marketing uh, handle the new way of the buyer's journey? Like how do you how do you sort of at a top level map it out, and yeah, tell me more about it from a marketing perspective.
0: Okay, yeah, yeah, there's a lot of stuff there. I know, in there. there's a lot of stuff. But, Sorry. so, you're right, like, we're, um, marketers, as opposed like, one of the differences between sales and marketing yeah. is that marketers, you don't control the buyer's journey per se, uh, but you do, so you try to adapt to it, I should say, right? Or tailor your efforts to it. Um, you know, every customer has a different type of journey, right? Whether you're in B2B, you know, if you're, like, governmental B2B, you have, like, the RFP part, like... There's very, everybody has different ways of purchasing something, right? Um, but, you know, like, you can always start with your broad level, like, awareness, interest, desire, action. Like, those are the broad steps of your okay. buyer journey. Like, I'm aware I have a problem, I'm interested um, in learning more, I have a desire to fix it, and then, you know, action is like, I've selected you okay. as, a, as a vendor. And is I, it fair to say, like, you know, 40 years ago, that buyer's journey was entirely
1: controlled by the company, yeah, reaching. But today yeah. with the web, I mean, a lot of it is out of your control in a way. Well, it's out of your control in that they're going to come research you. The content you put out there is somewhat in your control, but like reviews are not in your control. Uh, uh.
0: No, I mean, it's changed, but it hasn't changed. It's, it's just different, right? Like so back in the day, let's say we were tied and, you know, if you could spend the most money on advertising, you would win because you so your advertising would be your awareness and then, you know, like the message and the, the ad would be the interest and then you'd get to the store and there'd be a discount or where your shelf positioning, that was your desire and your action, right? So, um, you talk about the title, I can think it was new and improved. <laughs> that
1: was their thing for like 40 years.
0: It it was. It's always new
1: and <laughs> This stuff must be amazing. <laughs>
0: I improve it every week. <laughs> um, so, the concept, it, it's just different now, right? Like, people don't watch TV as much. Like, people are on different channels. Like, there's Facebook, there's Instagram, there's like all the social channels, people are there. So. The awareness part gets a lot more difficult, right? Um, and what's happened also is that the rest also becomes like so. Let's let's go back to the B two B thing, right? A lot of companies in the B two B space, so then they've all developed the same tactics. We'll do an ebook, we'll do a webinar, you know, like the awareness is like so so limited. We'll put a bunch, a whole bunch of ads. We'll put people there, and then you know we'll nurture them, and then we'll send the salespeople, but. Um, like, you know, like to your point is like, it, it's just becoming more complicated. There's just so much information out there. And that's why when, when we started this podcast, I told you like share your best information, right? Cause how many sales consultants out there are like, you know, sign up to my, even if it's free, but sign up to my, you know, like sales process course and blah, blah, blah. And then, you know, then they shuffle you down like some sort of a funnel, either like they call you right away after or something like that. And I'm like, you know, everybody does the same thing. So there's not the friction. I'm like, so you're, the only way you can differentiate yourself is, like, you just give it up, up front for free, yeah. right? And then, like, like, the woman that contacted you is like, oh, well, I want to do this. Like, yeah, technically yeah. she could go in and listen to all the yeah. podcasts yeah. and like start writing it down and realize where there is. It will probably wait. take
1: her five weeks to put it all together. And, yeah, At no, best, you're right? right? And, and it's funny you say that because that changed my perspective a lot. Yeah. So what you're saying is what I did there helps that buyer's journey. Uh, because I sort of did something proper to to invite people to want to use my 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 services. Now it's not yeah. the only purpose of our podcast, but let's face it, we're hoping to get clients from our podcast. Well,
0: it it I mean it's not the only purpose. I mean obviously like we we enjoy sitting together and chatting about about you know professionally things that we that we like. Yeah. But you know we could do that without recording it and publishing it, right? Like, exactly. So yeah. yes, there is value. Like the goal is like the more value you can bring to somebody, the more they'll listen to it. The more they yeah. so you're kind of. The so there is value in mapping out your your customer journey, yeah. like to spend time to understand like how somebody determines that they have an awareness, like how somebody becomes aware that they have an issue and things like that. And we could probably speak to somebody who's much more an expert in how to map that out. The customer journey. Yeah, but you also have to be aware of who you are as a company, right? Like, I mean, uh, I might be biased, and maybe I know you know somebody who's an expert in that field, so maybe she'll she'll enlighten us differently, but. You have to go where you're at. Like, if you're a massive corporation and you have a lot of marketing dollars and a lot of marketing, a big marketing team, and this and that, then you probably benefit a bit more from a signing. Like, that's exactly what she was saying yesterday.
1: She, you know, she doesn't reinvent the wheel. She goes with the reality of what they're facing. So that's exactly
0: that's that you, you know. But if so, that's it. Then yeah. I'm like, okay, well, how how do my let's say I have three personas and how do they each determine that they have a problem? Okay, well then, how can I how can my marketing efforts speak to that? Right. Yeah. And then, okay, then and so on and so forth. But if you're a one-person, two-person marketing team and you're just struggling to just get stuff done, um, you know, it's good to have a general idea of like, okay, like this is where I wanted my things to,
1: to stand. So let me, sorry, let me stop you there for yeah. a second. So let's, let's do a hypothetical thing. Let's say I'm a small business uh, that offers a service uh, um, or a product and I'm new in, in, in the field, it's B2B, and uh, you know, I've got this. Uh, there's competitors in what I do, but I do it a little bit better. You know, I make this. Uh, I don't know. I make um, a measuring tool for plumbing devices uh, in in high tech situations. So, okay. you know, let's say you're a, a big factory and, and you need you know a certain amount of pressure to go through. And like marketing, there the buyer's journey. I mean, that that's like how do you map it out? I'm just starting out, right? So it's you and I. We started this company. As a marketer, there's a bazillion different things you can do. That's where I'm like, oh wow, where do you go? So,
0: what do you do? Like, how can you map out your buyer's journey in that case? That's and again, maybe maybe your maybe your person you know would say differently, but my opinion is the way I was approached. I wouldn't start mapping out my 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 customer. My, you don't even know who your customer is exactly. Yet. So I would just be, and that's why I think like. A, Smaller marketing teams. I mean, every marketing team, but smaller marketing teams have to put a lot of effort in, you know, in the awareness stage, right? It's yeah. like with their, your podcast. So there right? you just
1: be putting stuff out there to get and, people to find. And out then, what you're but doing. as
0: you speak with customers, as yeah. you say, you start to understand. It's like it's like for me, right? I I realize that a lot of CEOs and founders and stuff like don't really care. Not that they don't care about marketing, they don't understand what marketing. Like they're not propelled to listen to a lot of marketing information uh, upfront. As in the same way that they would sales, right? Because sales is very black and white. Are you making sales or are yeah, not yeah. making sales? Or is marketing, well, I don't really understand what marketing is about, so I'm not really inclined to listen about it. Uh, you know, yeah, just, I don't even understand so, this, so I don't even
1: know what else to do. Exactly. So, let me, so let, let me ask you this question, so let's say then I am that small company and I, I call you up and I say, Fab, uh, you know, we know we need to do marketing. We, we sort of understand that you know, we need to have a website. We need to do a variety of different stuff. And, and, and we want to hire you to sort of help us map it out. Yeah. So what would be, you know, I know we're going off, client, you couldn't do client journey because you don't know, but you're talking about awareness. So I guess what you're saying to me is the first thing we should do is really work on awareness, obviously. But how would you go about that? Like, would you suggest Google AdWords like, what, or get different expertise? Or <clears throat> how, what would be your first analysis in saying, okay, you know, you, you're spending like 10 hours with us or whatever it is. And you're saying, okay. I'm going to build a plan, like, what's the, what's the,
0: what's, what would be your strategy there, you know? Yeah, I mean, the first step is always understanding who your customer is, as best you can, right? Obviously, if you're starting out, you have a little less knowledge of who your customer is, but the first step is always knowing who your customer is, you know, like, what marketers call the persona, like, kind of your your idealized or whatever, like, customer type, um, and, and a lot of people scoff at that, and, and they kind of ignore it. But I'll give you a good example why it's really important to understand who your customer is because it, de- it can impact your business in dramatic ways. And I'll give you an example. A few years ago, more than a few at this point, I was in charge of marketing at a small financial firm that targeted high net worth individuals abroad. And it was an old company. They had been doing marketing, like direct marketing. That was their thing. Like They would send letters and it was like, oh, it's high net worth individuals, so it has to be high end letters and blah, 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 And that was their marketing. And then, you know, they came in, they wanted me to come in and kind of revamp their staff and I said well let's let's do LinkedIn and they're like no like are people going on on LinkedIn and I'm like no there's a lot of like high net worth individuals that are using LinkedIn abroad and and finally they didn't go they didn't go with it I left that company and I applied that elsewhere and we cut the yeah, marketing no, cost <laughs> by like 300% or something like that because it's about the persona right your idea yeah. their persona was like we want so uh, I might be a little stereotypical, but the old school, you know, business owner who has a lot of money, who has an assistant and gets mail, and this, but they're not online. And I was like, well, stop targeting those people. They're too expensive to target. Target the the, the I'll say young, but the more dynamic, the more young Thinking. spirit. Um, people that are online, that are on LinkedIn, that are communicating on LinkedIn, that are using social platform, they reach out to them. And it's just two different personas, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah, Same yeah, yeah. person in terms of business yeah, owners yeah, that yeah, have yeah, a lot yeah, of money, uh, but the persona was different. And so that's the first step is understanding who you want to target, right? And then when you're in who you want to target, then so you. Hold get, on here, hold on. They
1: might not know exactly who they want to target. You're going to help them find yeah, out. Yeah, right? that,
0: that's what I'm saying. Yeah. That's, that so would be the first step. Discovering
1: who you want to target. Exactly. So creating those personas or that persona, right? Because yeah. there might be a few of them, right? So in yeah. this case, that young minded, uh, that young-minded executive who's got an assistant and who's making a lot of money who would happen to be on LinkedIn. And you you could, you know, so that would have been that strategy in that case.
0: Yeah, exactly. And so, you know, again, depending on your size. Can I ask you another question? Yeah.
1: How do you determine that? Like, let's say someone really thinks it's one type of person they should be, like, how do you know if you're actually aiming the right per, at the right persona?
0: I mean, it's iterative, obviously. You know, you can iterate on it. You can improve on it. Um, so as the information comes in, you adjust it. Yeah, if you're like, okay, well, we're trying this and it's going nowhere, I'm like, okay, or, you know, as, so you as sales You've got to test, is, and, you yeah. gotta test and try it. There's and no
1: specific, there's no positioning statement to exactly find... But even the exact- your positioning
0: statement, right? You, you As you do yeah. different calls, you try out, oh, like, oh, that, the way I said yeah. it this time was great. Like, and you know, so, I mean, again, the bigger the company, the more, the more time you can invest in research and this and that. Uh, you know, I worked at a company that invested a lot of money in, in developing their buyer personas and they did interviews with people like what are the problems they were trying to solve and this and that but you don't need to go that far you know like I don't like giving those types of examples because a lot of the smaller businesses are like oh well that's not for us and yeah, they're yeah, just yeah, going to yeah, do yeah, whatever
1: well in a big business it might make sense though right?
0: Yeah. yeah yeah because you have the resources to do like instead of being iterative and, and waste time trying to iterate let's just fork over $20,000 to a firm to, to do all the research for yeah. us and come back to us with Okay, these are your buyer personas and this and that and um. But I think in the buyer persona, the important part, which is obviously like, so one personas are often often neglected. Two, the is where they get their information. Yeah. Right. Because it seems like everybody says like, oh, like magazines and like, oh, online. You know, but no, but like, what do they do online? Where are they online? What are they? And you know, the more you could go online, the cheaper it'll get, ultimately, yeah. right? So I would always try to reach a person who's active online. Obviously, there's some realities that are different, yeah. you know? Um, but can I ask you a question? And, yeah. and I'm not trying to throw your curveball, but it That's might fine. be a little bit of a
1: curveball. I've used my brother's uh, company as an example in the past. So he's got this engineering B2B company, right? And they sell products, but they sell uh, services with it because they'll tailor that, that that engineering product. Yeah. And right now he says, Paul, I, I can't even... I want to keep marketing, but I can't even. Right now, my problem is I can't even serve the demand. People just go online, they buy and buy and buy. So, what do you suggest to a company like that? Do you say, well, let's stop marketing?
0: <laughs> or hire more salespeople? You know, like more No, sales, or it's actually know, not like, salespeople.
1: He needs, he needs client services people for, just taking orders.
0: Yeah, I mean, I think, takers. you know, I think if, if uh, again, like, I mean, we're going a bit outside of, of marketing, but I mean, it's. To me is, and I don't know the ins and out of his business, but I'm like, if he can't, if he's having a hard time keeping up with demand.
1: He's not having a hard time keeping up with demand, but his main concern is I want to beef up my operations because I'm getting a lot of them. I and mean, he always, you know, my brother's a perfectionist and he gets things done. He's an engineer. He's like, well, you know, he's gonna hate me if he hears this, but he's very much he's about doing things right. You know, yeah. that the reason they're doing so well is because they do things right. People come back. Yeah. So sometimes before he hires someone, he you know pines over it. and He really wants to do the right thing, but. I guess in a strong economy like him, I guess what I'm saying is, in a strong economy, what is the role of marketing in the company that's doing really well, that's happy with its sales, and and like, what do you say to them, like?
0: Uh, I mean, listen, this financial firm that I worked at, you know, things were going well. Like the, the challenges they had that the company were unrelated to their sales and marketing approach; was related to like, yeah. the products they were selling and like new regulations coming in and stuff like that. Um, so, like. Like, like, let's take that off the table, but like sales and marketing were, were doing fine. Like they were finding clients and this yep. and that. Um, but what happened is that it, their marketing costs were just increasing every year, right? Because like you'd have to, you were sending letters to like far off places in the world. Okay. And like and and it's
1: working less and less probably.
0: Yeah. And so I think the the, the challenge in, in a case like that, and and I think it was a Harvard business review, like the the hardest thing to do is to change when things are going well. And I'm sure you see that yeah. in sales too, right? Like my sales are through the roof. I don't need like sales training. I don't need coaching. Yeah. I don't need things like that. Yeah, but what happens if you're top salesperson? Yeah. So it's the same thing with that. And you're right. So what if, if Google changes say, algorithm? What if,
1: what if the economy turns a little bit in my brother's business? So you always need to be thinking in the future. So you should always be, what you're saying is you'd always have the next step of your marketing strategy to be ready to handle something.
0: Yeah. So have, I, I shouldn't say doomsday, but be ready for that. And it doesn't have to be Doomsday. it could just be like I I think you you're saying at another point that he was very reliant on on search and like Google and like yeah, you no know, Google changes their algorithm all the time and well, what I if think
1: he's when people search specific things like he references very high But because, he might not
0: at some point like if all your marketing is dependent on one platform Google yeah. who is known to change stuff who is known to Yeah, but
1: need to have a discussion with my
0: brother. Yeah, but it but it is harder when yeah. things are going well cuz it's harder to be like you know, I think so, things are going great right now, but... Well, if you I can adapt- make an
1: analogy, it's like when things are going great in sales and you stop prospecting.
0: Yeah, and then all of a sudden, like, oh, well... All Same replies. thing marketing,
1: because marketing yeah. is prospecting in, in a different form. You're, you're trying to get people yeah. either to come towards you or you're reaching out to them. Yeah,
0: and so you have different types of challenges. Like So when things are going well is is getting the, the business to understand that, things might not always go well. It might not be the economy crashing. It might be Google changing their algorithm, and all of a sudden, their products pops up first, right? Yeah. And you might be like, I have a very niche product, but, yeah, but, I mean, a lot of taxi companies thought they had a very niche product, and yep. Uber came along, right? Like, it's it's very hard to, to foresee the future. And the other thing, yeah, it could be an economy. So then... So, well, so
1: the smart, let's use that example. So the smart taxi companies, right? Quickly readjusted to what Uber was doing like I know some taxi companies as well. We're even going to be Uber drivers. Right? Yeah, right Like why not? Yeah, you know take advantage of that that. You know, yeah. Yeah, so that's a smart thing I have a question for you. I want to come back to the bars. Yeah, so you spoke about awareness I think I understand awareness. so yeah. what's the next step after awareness?
0: interest? So once they. so basically? So like I said every small company should focus, focus all your energy on awareness. awareness because like you and your podcast excuse me the awareness if you do enough awareness, will generate interest, desire, and action, right? Okay. Because the more they know Paul, or the more they know Fab, yeah. the more they listen, and the more like this guy makes sense. Well, in our case, this so guy makes sense. So they're aware of it.
1: Then they'll watch the podcast yeah. or listen to the podcast.
0: But if you have a more refined marketing process, you'll be like, okay, well, I'm going to create awareness level content, yeah, you know, through a podcast, which is yeah. just like these are the challenges in sales, or in my case, where I feel maybe. CEOs and all that are not as interested in listening to marketing specific would be maybe I'll create a, a podcast on, you know, like how to build a business, how to like stuff that they would be interested in so that they hear my input, right, for example. So that's the awareness. I know Fat
1: Yeah. I know Paul. Yeah.
0: Then you would be, okay, in, now that they're aware of, of me and that they're aware that they have a problem that they need to fix because maybe they didn't know their sales process were broken until yeah. they listened yeah. to the two, three podcasts we did on yeah. the sales process. Yeah. Now it's like the interest. Okay, well. Now I'm interested in fixing this, right? And so usually that's when people will start doing their research. That's when the usually the Googles come in of the world, right? Okay. Is because people start searching and this and that. Like so people I don't search. That involves, for involves self-
1: marketing and sales podcasts. I'm gonna research a little bit about like sales what's process, out there. Sales what's sales process, or client journey, whatever right. it might be. And I'm gonna look more into this.
0: Yeah. yeah. And so then, you know, what comes up? So like sales process, well. You know, maybe like HubSpot blogs are yeah, coming yeah. up, like, is, are the blogs yeah. making sense? Like, I'm, I'm, I am have some sort of an interest. but I have an interest in Paul, but I kind of want to see. Yeah, you want it. to see what's up there. Yeah. And then. But that go, client
1: told me she, she looked around, too. She didn't yeah, just come straight to me. She,
0: exactly. So interest means I'm interested in Paul, but I'm interested in knowing what's up there. Yeah. I mean, some people go straight to, like, I want to work with Paul. Uh, which is fine. but you know like a lot most people will go through some sort of a research phase. And then your desire. So the desire is like then you want desire level content, which is like content and that could be on your site or whatever certain parts of your site, which are very, like this is where your referrals come, or your uh, you know on your site, for example, you have logos of companies that you yeah. work at, and that's where the desire coming. Oh, they work with they, Paul. Works with them. Like oh, Paul works with, with that. i like oh, look at these recommendations yeah. on his website or on LinkedIn or whatever, yeah. and then you're building that that desire. Like yeah. uh, I've looked at let's say three different options. Uh, I have an awareness podcast made me realize I have a, so a problem. The are- I have interest. I've looked at three things. Okay, yeah. well, HubSpot is just a it's just a CRM style tool. Yeah. I don't have time to, to really dive into that. Oh, Paul seems to make sense. Like I'll go on his website more. And oh well, yeah, well, like all those reviews. Look at all yeah, that. Like yeah. all the customers he's worked in. And then the action would be to go you know I mean, it's you know like people say the funnel is dead, but it's still like kind of a funnel, right? A lot of people are aware they have a problem. Then and you, interest, sure,
1: you know. and what's interesting in this is that like a, like we said in the beginning of this podcast is that. Traditionally it used to be that a lot of that happened in, in, in outbound reaching or, or sales, but now with the internet and and, and web pages and a, a lot of that can happen, more of it can happen uh, with driven by the consumer, right? Mm-hmm. Driven by the individual. I mean yeah. to a certain extent, I mean with certain products you can go right through the whole buyer's journey without having speaking to
0: speak to, to anybody. Would be. Right. Yeah. For sure. And I think but I think where, where the challenge lies, and I don't know if you were saying this at the beginning or, or offline before, but where the challenge is is that the process is no longer linear, right? And uh, yeah. and that's where your content becomes important because somebody might be in the desire stage, right? I wanna work yeah. with ABC Sales Consulting. And they're like doing some last minute research, and then they <coughs> fa- happen to follow on your site. But if your site is all about awareness stuff, yeah, yeah, yeah. May, I know all this. Stuff yeah, 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 yeah. and then they'll like kind of disconnect from you.
1: So you have to ta- you have to tie ta- in ta- you have to you have to have all of the, the different buyer's journeys, of potential interest content, so that they can feed off.
0: So it. that and okay. and that's it. So people come in at different stages. People and again, it's not very linear. They might be aware they have a problem and they have an interest to fix it, but then realize like, oh, maybe it's not right at the right time. So then they have to go back into. Like it just becomes much more murky, okay. and that's why I say like for most companies, I mean small and big, but most companies awareness becomes the most important yeah. thing because you know like especially if you have salespeople, right? Because your salespeople yeah. can help bring them down through their questioning, through the yeah. like okay, well no, they're not actually ready. Like maybe like you know like blah blah blah. But um, if people don't know you, if people don't know that you're you can fix their problem, yeah. Uh, I mean, it's it's a challenge. So going back to your brother, who is like very dependent on, on search, for example, to, to drive leads. I mean, he's very still in the interest stage, right? Yeah. He has nowhere. Like, if people don't have the, don't know he exists and already have a supplier, where Even if the supplier is shittier than he is. They're like, well, we're fine with, you know, whatever. Well, that's it, I, and I don't
1: know. In his world, I, I don't, I'm not sure. And I think he does a little bit of awareness, but I'm not sure what the tools are, you
0: right Yeah. So and uh, usually it, aware- yeah, he,
1: we, should probably, we should
0: probably have him on the podcast and <laughs> go ahead and ask him
1: more about this stuff.
0: Yeah, but I mean, so usually, and usually the way awareness works now is is through social. Okay. I mean, people spend their yeah, time yeah, on yeah, social. Yeah. That's where they are, and that's where it becomes more difficult. They used to just be like, well, I'll put an ad on ABC and ABC, and then I'll have everybody cover I've heard
1: people. I don't want to use my brother, but like my brother, other B two B industries, they're not even on LinkedIn. They don't, they don't do anything. That there's you say social, but they're they're a generation or a type of people that don't don't
0: go there at all. No, and and that's a challenge for them, and that's where where they have these blind spots. Yeah. And I mean, again, like we're using your brother, but we haven't dived deep yeah, in yeah. his case specifically. Yeah, but we're,
1: we're, um, we're extrapolating a lot of stuff that yeah. may not be true. When he comes on, we give us hell. Yeah,
0: <laughs> <laughs> but. You know, like that's where these businesses run with a lot of blind spots, and yeah. these blind spots are getting increasingly bigger. Because, and just look, going back to that financial firm, I mean, you know, they're blind, but like they could have cost their cut their costs by three hundred percent. Yeah. Had they Get not open been, minded. yeah, and so not. So, is it forward. is it a
1: role of a marketer then to sort of bring a fresh view and be more open minded and and have a knowledge? Because I mean, you've done a lot of different types of marketing things. Mm-hmm. So when you walk into a company you bring that experience with you and you also you sort of help them think outside the box don't you i mean
0: yeah i mean you know at some point like in sales right you're not going to close every every client like some people are just very comfortable I close every client <laughs> very comfortable in their comfort zone
1: right yeah.
0: and they they just don't want to move and they understand what you're saying
1: that's qualified huh that's
0: qualified yeah. <laughs> no but you know what i mean they're like they they just you know the reality is like the, the owner has to be able to like step in like there's yes like there's a sales job involved like in, in yeah. me asking better questions and yep. this and that but the reality is like at some point it takes two to tango if the person's like you know what I'm I'm doing good I don't yeah want to do there, there,
1: yeah there's connection but let's say as a
0: general rule mm-hmm. when you walk in somewhere you're gonna do you're
1: gonna you're gonna ask a lot of questions to sort of assess which parts of marketing you're gonna treat right yeah. I mean. It's it's a huge it's a huge undertaking, right? So I mean, marketing is broad. You know, there's a million things you can do. So I guess your first part as a, as a as a marketer is at high level to sort of assess what it is that the person's hoping themselves to get from marketing, and then secondly, what's realistic, and then maybe what the low hanging fruit and what the first the first direction should be.
0: Yeah, and and that's what I said. Like I think a lot of people. Smaller business, smaller businesses where, where there's a very – so usually the rule of thumb that I've seen is smaller businesses are very sales focused, right? Because yes, yeah. sales <laughs> is what brings in the cash yeah. today. Well, you know what I mean? Like brings in the cash. So um, it's usually the biggest problem I find, but even with the larger marketing departments, is that they're very poor in, in that first stage, the awareness stage. Awareness. Like they're very good in the interest. They put a lot of effort. They put Good. I mean, they put a lot of effort in there. But – um, they're spending a lot of money, like with those larger departments, okay. because they're just not a, like they're kind of trying to build the awareness and the interest at the same time. Okay. Um, where that's it. they haven't built their, so they don't know how their customers go through that, and and um, so it, I would say in in most cases, let's say ninety percent, eighty percent, seventy percent of the cases, like working on your awareness is most probably your biggest okay. biggest challenge and as a
1: smaller business
0: yeah but even like I said some smaller like some larger businesses are are just are still having those issues I mean some businesses like a client that I used to have last year they were very strong in awareness but horrendous in like the interest desire okay and action
1: and just to, to close off because we both have to go yeah um and I'd like this to be the subject to go much more in depth in our in our next podcast on this and, and i'm still I still don't know at all what the answer to this is but How important is your brand and how much brand awareness should you have and where should you take the brand? So let's
0: let's because I think Stay tuned. (laughs) Yeah. Stay tuned. Same (laughs) bad channel. (laughs) Same (laughs) bad time. (laughs) 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 Sounds good. That's a that's a good question. Thanks, Paul.
1: Thank you, Fab.